Hi, and welcome back to another Brave Parenting podcast. I am your host and the founder of Brave Parenting, Kelly Newcomb, and this is where you'll get the encouragement, insight, and information you need to raise children of character in our technology and media-saturated world. You know, we call it Brave Parenting because it takes a lot of courage and hard work to stay on top of technology. It seems like what was here today is different tomorrow, and then choose how you will incorporate this into your family's lives. Our goal is to keep you up to date and equip you to parent your tech-savvy children today. We want you to not feel powerless and ill-equipped, but to be ready and brave to parent today's children in technology. All right, so in today's show, we're going to be going over in news, the college basketball phone ban. Also talking about news of Instagram and inappropriate content. Our character focus today is going to be on the virtue of loyalty. And in our apps, five facts, we'll be talking about Tinder. And in our family focus, we'll be discussing about teenage dating. All right, in today's news, we're talking about the college basketball phone ban. So recently, the Texas Tech Red Raiders made some national news, not only as they made their way to the final game of the NCAA championship, but also before that, as um, it became known that they had a smartphone ban for all of their players. Time Magazine did a report on this, and, and they said, quote, Texas Tech men's basketball team, the parents of America, salute you. Our country's coaches also offer a hearty thanks, as does any teacher who's had to battle an electronic device for attention. Why are so many millions of us grateful to these Red Raiders? Well, because of your actions, now we can, with a straight face, tell our children, our players, our students, that if they put their stupid phones down and go to sleep already, they too can make it to the final four. So that was a quote from the article in Time Magazine. And this essentially what it was, was they were on a losing streak and one of the team captains decided, hey, let's really focus in and clear our minds and kind of get to business of winning. So let's put all of our phones away, no distractions, and let's do this. Well, the very next game, of course, they won. And so it became um, sort of a ritual for them. And as their, their coach, Chris Beard, already had a sort of ban in place for cell phones when they did um, team trainings and team retreats. He sort of upped the ante a little bit and decided that any time that they were going on a road trip, the phones were going to be put away. So even though a lot of the players didn't love it at first, it really turned into um, a winning streak for them that brought them all the way to the final game. And, and as we now know, um, as we are past this final NCAA championship game, the Red Raiders did not win. They ended up losing to Virginia in the final game, but... It does go to show that um, there are definitely times and places when in our children's life, they sort of need that concept of a phone ban. Is there something important happening? Something, an important test coming up? Um, something important going on with your family? Children really don't have that self-control. And even these are college students. It, the phones are just that easy. So it's an important aspect to kind of discuss as your family is, when are phone bans going to be implied? Maybe it is just forcing them to go to bed without their phone, as did these college students, these basketball players. And it goes to show that putting that away, limiting the distractions can really lead to success. Also in our news, we're talking about Instagram, um, which Instagram is owned by Facebook. 
and they are once again tweaking their news feed algorithm. Now the goal is Facebook wants to ensure that people are seeing less low quality content in their news feed. So as we know, um, Facebook has been under a lot of pressure um, regarding not only privacy, but uh, particularly in this case, fake news. And so their goal is to um, remove, reduce, and inform, right? So by removing content, that violates their policies, um, reducing the spread of problematic or fake content, and then also informing people, basically giving them additional information on the content that they're seeing so that they can choose whether they are click, reading, and sharing to sort of validate whether or not this is real news that they will then be sharing. How this is important into Instagram is that they are trying to reduce the content that is searchable, um, especially the inappropriate content. So what that means to you as a parent, if your child has Instagram, um, right now one feature on Instagram that really makes um, us as Brave Parenting hesitant to recommend Instagram for children is the search feature. And you can go on the search feature and search top Instagram posts. You can search people, tags, hashtags, or you can search places. And by doing that, it pulls up any public content on Instagram, whether it's appropriate or inappropriate. You can search porn and find hundreds of thousands of posts that have been given the hashtag of something related to porn or nudes, even other inappropriate drug-related, um, self-harm related. There's lots of inappropriate content you can find. So Instagram is trying to take this away, which is great news for parents. So what that means is that if you follow someone that posts sexually suggestive or sexually explicit type of content, well, that is still gonna appear in the feed in your newsfeed. However, if you were to go search that content, it would not appear in the search field. It would only appear if you follow that type of person. So that's great news. However, um, as of right now, that has not been in place. You can still search on Instagram and find that inappropriate content. So hopefully, as they continue to tweak these algorithms, this really does go into play, making it a little bit more safer for kids to not stumble upon or be tempted to do this type of search for this inappropriate content. All right, in today's character focus, we'll be focusing on the virtue of loyalty. Now, loyalty is essentially defined as a strong feeling of support or allegiance. It teaches us commitment and perseverance. It can also be described as, you know, essentially showing my commitment through difficult times. When you are loyal to someone or something, it means that regardless of that person's success or that organization's success, you are loyal to it, you're going to stay committed to it and back it no matter what. So what does that look like, especially in light of relationships? Because that is, you know, one thing that we want to focus on here in Brave Parenting is how do um, technology and media today affect relationships, right? We know that the relationships are always greater than the screen, and this is one virtue that can really be affected, is loyalty. It's great for relationships, work, organizations, family. We know all this, but again, how is technology influencing that? Well, what we see is that this younger generation tends to be more self-focused, self-driven, they have their own sort of platform, all of them, you know, whether they are on a social media platform or somewhere, there is a lot of self-accomplishment that drives them. So loyalty and teaching loyalty can definitely start with their friends. What does it look like to be a loyal friend? Well, what I love about loyalty is, is it overflows other character traits. So one, a loyal friend is honest. 
So promoting honesty in not only your relationship with your child, but just honesty in general in the home can also help them be a more loyal friend because they're honest. It can be said that a friend is gonna be honest, like, does this outfit look okay? A loyal friend is gonna be like, no, actually, it doesn't look okay. They're not going to tell you yes just to please you. It's more that I am loyal to you and I'm gonna give you my honest opinion, even if it hurts sometimes because I love you and I care about you and I'm loyal to you. Loyal friends are also impartial, right? They're not gonna have conditional type of relationships where I do this for you and you do this for me. A lot of times you do see that on social media where you'll have someone who may have a, a lot of followers and someone who doesn't have a lot of followers and maybe it's, hey, like my post and I'll like your post back or follow me and I'll follow you back in order to sort of elevate their own platforms. That's a conditional relationship. There's not really a lot of loyalty there. Um, loyalty where you do see it on social media, unfortunately, isn't always in interpersonal relationships where you see that is they're now being loyal to certain brands. You know, I'm very loyal to this brand of clothing or this brand of, of makeup or this team, you know, this athletic team or this athlete, I'm gonna be very loyal to them and sort of follow everything they say and do. And whether they win or they lose or whether they succeed or not succeed, I'm still loyal to them because I love that brand or that organization. But we wanna turn that into their relationships as well, right? So we wanna make sure that we're helping them not be impartial or lead these sort of conditional friendships. Also, loyal friends have boundaries, right? You don't wanna let someone walk all over you. Having boundaries to say, you know, this is how our relationship and our friendship is going to work and I'm not going to let you walk all over me because I'm loyal to you and that's what loyal friends do. Some other great um, virtues and character traits that play a part in loyalty is, right, being respectful to that person, to that friend, um, being trustworthy, having integrity, being empathetic, having a strong sense of self, being reliable, being a good communicator. These are all great character traits that play a part in loyalty. So again, how do we do this with our children? Right? Well, we encourage them that when a friend is sort of down and out or maybe they're sick, that you kind of go the extra step in order to care for that person and show them that you are loyal and that you know they're not just good for you driving them somewhere or going to the movies when you have no one else to go to the movies, but you wanna be a good friend, not a fair weather friend. That's a great way to sort of relay that to our children. You know, it's important to have those type of discussions. Um, when has someone helped you through a difficult time? What does loyalty mean to them? What friends do they have that they would feel are loyal and how does that translate into how their behavior is then shown as loyalty to others. This is especially important, I think, in romantic relationships, which we're gonna talk about in our family focus today of dating, is, is how that loyalty plays a part in dating. Again, with social media, it's very much a, I'm gonna date this person's maybe gain Instagram credibility or um, fame, be able to just kind of show these pictures that I'm in a relationship. And that, you know, is goals, right? There are hundreds of thousands if you were to search hashtag relationship goals that you can find. It's a very popular hashtag where you see couples together. And even if they're maybe not loyal to one another, it's sort of one thing to do is to share that relationship on social media solely, again, for the conditional 
terms of I just want to be able to say that I'm together on, on Instagram or on Snapchat to put this on my story. So that's important to, to discuss with your kids. Ask your children, what is the opposite of loyalty? Can they describe what that actually is? Can they define really what loyalty is and the opposite of it? Um, also, loyalty to organizations. Um, what are they passionate about? What can they get behind and sort of support? Whether it be like a nonprofit or something that they feel like is an injustice or something in society that they just really can feel like they can stand behind. I'm encouraging them to be loyal to those type of organizations, not just popular brands or famous sports teams or even video games. Okay, in our apps, five facts, we're gonna be discussing the app Tinder. Now, the first fact you need to know is that Tinder is a dating app, but it is pretty well known to be a hookup app. Originally, it was touted when it first came out as a casual sex app, a way to find people in your local area where you could sort of hook up and have casual sex with no commitment. Ultimately, the Tinder company, they're trying to promote healthier relationships nowadays trying to sort of rebrand themselves. However, it is still known to be pretty superficial as you only see one picture of a person before you decide whether or not you like them or not. And then you get a 500 character blurb as well to go along with that, but ultimately is focused on first appearances. The second fact is swipe right. This is how you decide whether or not you like the person that you see this picture of. If you like them, you can swipe right. If you'd rather pass, then you can swipe left. And if you swipe right and the person sees your picture and they swipe right too, that makes a connection. And once you make that connection, then you can then have the ability to chat over the app, whether you're exchanging real phone numbers or other social media accounts, or even planning to actually get together in person. But that is how that happens is by swiping right. The third fact that you need to know about Tinder is that Tinder is free to use and download. However, there is also paid features that the majority of users do actually pay for and use. Now, the fourth fact of Tinder is safety. Anytime you bring up this idea of casual hookups or casual sex, safety is definitely a big concern. What's interesting is that Tinder realizes that as well and they have a whole bout of safety information on their website. When you read about a lot of this, you're kind of like, wow, they really are focused on casual sex and casual hookups. They give you some tips for online and offline behavior. For example, offline behavior, make sure you get to know the other person. Like it's your responsibility to sort of vet this person and make sure that they are a safe person to be communicating or getting together with. Stay sober, right? The introduction of drugs and alcohol can impair your judgment. We know this. And then it gets really interesting and it tells you protect yourself. And it goes into a very in-depth description about using condoms and protecting yourselves against sexually transmitted infections such as HIV. The interesting thing is, is they're saying also, hey, be open and honest. It is completely reasonable and okay to have a conversation with someone regarding sex and sexual contact before actually having sex. So it says right there, they're acknowledging that this is what this app is most often used for. So it's sort of covering their bases. So that brings us to fact number five, which is the ratings of Tinder. 
Now the App Store and Google Play both rates it as 17 plus or mature, which is great and absolutely correct. Tinder rates it as 13 plus, essentially because they're going to collect data on you. And in order for them to collect data, of course, that person has to be over the age of 13. They generally don't have a stipulation where they want it for 18 plus. Um, they do basically say in their terms of service, 13 and over. Now the brave parenting stance on this is definitely 18 plus. If we could in good conscience really say never, sure, but once they leave our home, obviously we don't have the ability to restrict whether or not they're using Tinder to um, find hookups or to meet new people. So the discussion um, happens now when they're at home, discussing what does it look like? Is this really someone, how you wanna meet someone? Are there other ways to meet new people? Having that discussion early is key. The main thing that um, you need to know, you know, regarding all of this is that this is sort of the new way that millennials are meeting other people. You know, as we go into our family focus of teenage dating, this is the trend that is being set by millennials. So as our Generation Z children who are teenagers and adolescents now continue to age, if this is the trend of connecting and hooking up that has been set before them, it is very possible and likely that they will then follow in similar footsteps. So be sure to have those conversations at home now with your children. All right, last in today's show is our family focus, which we will be talking about teenage dating. Now, this is a, a topic that um, maybe you've thought about, maybe your children are younger and adolescents and they sort of haven't hit that teenage years where you're ready for them to date, but it takes a lot of early preparation and honestly prayer before you get to this stage. So what does it look like for your children to be dating as a teenager? If you've not set an age for that, definitely important to do that while they were young. And then it can definitely be discussed as they grow up. Chances are, right, once they start hitting puberty, they will be interested in the, um, the opposite gender, be interested in, in potentially dating. We recommend really setting a dating age at 16, they can drive or they can be, you know, be driven by someone else right onto these alone dates. Ultimately, before that, a lot of times they can say that they're dating, but they're not actually gathering, you know, getting together or having alone type of dates. But those alone, leaving the home type of dating scenarios, generally a good guideline is 16. Some other keys to know is, you know, as a parent, number one, right, it's, it's normal for them to want to date. However, they're going to lack a lot of the relationship skills. That one of the best things that you can do is to model that. What does it look like? If you are married, great. You have the perfect example to show in your marriage what it looks like to be in relationship, to have communication skills, to work through problems, um, what it looks like to do things for one another. Um, if you're divorced, it can still be be shown to them. Um, maybe you're discussing things that you did right, things that you did wrong, still showing respect to the father or the mother that may not be the primary caretaker. Those are all ways to show and give an example for how to be in a successful relationship. Some other things that you need to know, you should get to know anyone that your child wants to date. And frankly, it's also a great idea to get to know their parents as well. In this day and age where sort of the doorbell is um, long and gone and they're not coming up to the door, they're um, arriving at the home, they're texting, I'm here, and then, out your child goes out the door, right? That is not gonna work with dating at all. Make sure that you have the opportunity to get to know 
who it is that your child is going to be spending a lot of time with, especially a lot of alone time. You know, great rule of thumb is to have them over for dinner or to take them out to dinner in order to get to know them. That may seem really awkward for them at first, but really it's a great way to see, number one, how committed they are to actually dating the person. If this is your daughter and you say, hey, let's, you know, we're gonna take you and you know your boyfriend out to dinner and that boyfriend says no way and runs away, well then we know right away that that young man is definitely not interested enough into your daughter, not committed if they're not willing to, to meet with you and get to know you in those type of scenarios. When they're getting ready to go on alone dates, um, make sure they know, right, that you're gonna know their itinerary, you're generally gonna know where they're going and what they're doing. Set clear guidelines about what um, is allowed and not allowed as well as curfews. Like when is it, when are you gonna be home? When are you expected to be home? What does that look like? Sort of setting these boundaries right from the beginning makes it a lot easier to maintain and then if they show a lot of responsibility to sort of loosen those boundaries up. However, if you start with no boundaries and no limitations, then all of a sudden you're having to restrict because things have gone too far, too fast, or not the right direction that you want them to go. So it's easy, easier to set those limits beforehand and loosen them up with proven responsibility, um, especially if you, you know, really like the person that they are dating um, and you see that the relationship is good for them, definitely to allow more freedom within that. Um, also, if they are going to the other person's home, right, this is where it's important to know the boyfriend or the girlfriend's parents, know if they're gonna be home. Also discuss technology. Um, not only dangers, but what it really looks like to have a relationship and how technology can affect that. Maybe it's simply that you're together, but you're always texting other friends when you should be like on a date or together. What does that look like? Are you saying to that person that the people on my phone are more important than spending time with you? How does that conveyed? A lot of times children are gonna do what comes naturally and responding to text messages is a given, they're just gonna naturally respond. However, it's important, especially in romantic relationships, to give undivided attention and to set their phone aside and sort of say, you know, hey, you know, we're together, we're gonna watch this movie or we're gonna go to dinner and we're not really gonna look at our phones because right now in this moment, you're the most important person. And that's an important thing, right? It goes back to loyalty. How do our children learn to be loyal, not only in their friendships, but in the romantic relationships? and the phone and technology can oftentimes get in the way of that. So encourage your children when they are spending those alone dates or time doing an activity to leave the phone down. You know, if they have an iPhone, they can put it in downtime or, you know, do not disturb, whatever that looks like so that they're not tempted to be distracted by other people and other incoming notifications that they can actually dedicate that time to that other person. Also, it's important in this day and age, right, to also be aware of signs of relational abuse, signs of depression, you know, if they're sort of isolating themselves, um, if they're not discussing what's going on, if they seem like really controlling. Those can be dangers that are definitely something to be aware of. Um, and to be, be discussing with your child. Ultimately though, I think that it's really good and healthy to allow our teens to start dating when they are in high school. If you look at today's day and age, and especially in light of like Tinder, where our 20 year olds are hooking up and having casual sex, it's very, it's now considered a standard that um, there is sex before commitment. It's important 
to teach the values that you have for relationships while they are young and give them the opportunity to date sort of under your supervision and sort of under your influence where you can guide them and show them what a loyal and committed relationship looks like. So I know with my two teenagers, I have a 17 and a 16 year old who are in long-term committed relationships. I have a daughter and a son who have both been dating for a long time to one person. And I do see this type of loyalty and it's something that we have definitely encouraged Recently, my daughter had shared that, you know, her boyfriend had purchased some of her favorite snacks. She's preparing for the SATs and she was studying really hard and doing lots of, of homework and studying. And, and he went this extra mile and sort of went to the store, bought all of her favorite snacks and then gave them to her. And she noted how much that meant to her, those little things that he did to support her. And that's a great way of showing loyalty is encouraging them to do those little things. And that is, right, in relationships, as we know as adults, it is a lot of times those little things of commitment and loyalty that make such a difference. I also really do encourage you, if your children are in dating relationships, to ask them to double date, to take them out. And you may think, oh, my kids would never want to go on a date with my husband and I, or you know, my wife and I, whichever, however that looks. I think you might be surprised. We actually double date with our kids and their prospective boyfriend and girlfriend. And it's quite enjoyable. It's a great time for us to, to have a relaxed atmosphere without any other kids around. And we pay for it, of course. So of course they love it, right? They're financially struggling teenagers. So to get a night out with dinner and a movie that's paid for by mom and dad, it's great. It's fun for them. It's fun for us. We get to know them. We get to sort of leave a positive impact on them and sort of pour into that relationship, which I think is key. So don't think that, oh, my children would never want to do that. Ask. If they say no, ask again. And find a, something that they may really love. Maybe they want to go to a concert and you can take them to a concert or to a movie or to some sort of like sporting event that they may really like. Um, that way you have this prime opportunity to pour into these teen dating relationships. Overall, it is a great way to, to sort of usher your child into this next stage of, of dating, of as adulting as they say, right? Encouraging them all along the way. All right. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today at the Brave Parenting Podcast. I encourage you to go over to Amazon and pick up our book, Managing Media, Creating Character. This helps you use this technology that kids crave to build the character that God desires. You can also jump over to our website at braveparenting.net where you can find tons of resources to help you be the brave parent you desire to be. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, go and be brave.